0: This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deep Cast. It does kind of remind me of, like, the line art of Picasso.
1: In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The
0: Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart Bat Horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out, all hot, saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint.
1: restraint. Well, I took my pants off. I'm kind of like Camilo. As good okay. As, I was in my biz cash today. I didn't want to... Yeah, you can't just keep that on all day. No. Usually, that's not a problem because I just don't wear biz cash. I'm like the only one in the building of 180 <laughs> people just wearing fucking jeans and a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> that's That's the way to go. You know, you gotta... So I, you know, they dress like the job you have (laughs) dress like the job you want, you you want and you want to be, in essence, kind of like the dude. I, think a little bit, a little bit. So that's perfect.
1: They just assume I'm a contractor, you know, because let's face it, not too many people left there who know who I am at this point, like a
0: contractor working on video or just like a contractor. You're there to like, I don't know, like a groundskeeper or something.
1: No, more like working on video okay. or examining workplace practices or something like that. Right. Like a corporate contractor, not a manual laborer contractor. Right.
0: Still. Still. Not a bad, not a bad, uh, ruse.
1: Not too bad. You know? Also, there's like, ugh, I, yeah, feel I do, bad I about I do this, the same thing. What? You just like fly in the face of the I like, rules? I just wear jeans. And, well, you're allowed to wear jeans, aren't you? Well, what's allowed means, I don't know. Okay. Like, is you're
0: it, allowed to wear jeans, too. You've been doing it all these years, and no one's ever stopped
1: you. I'm not allowed to wear jeans. It's in the handbook. You must wear business casual, which means no jeans. I see. I just don't do it.
0: But, you know, it, there's a new business casual on the block, really. That ain't this.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know what you mean, but that ain't this.
0: Yeah,
1: I at least, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're wearing your uh, Margaritaville t-shirt.
1: It's not quite that bad. You know, it'll be a plain t-shirt. If I had a Sticks t-shirt, hey, last minute gift ideas, the Halloween holiday is coming up. If anybody's looking to send me something, Sticks t-shirt, never had one. No, I had one. I'm wrong. I had one. I think we got one at the Jones Beach Amphitheater show. I think me and Joss Whedon got one together. Like little high school lovers T-shirts. <laughs> Maybe it was the Paradise Theater reunion tour. I'm not sure. Who the fuck knows? I have a Styx T-shirt, but I hate that you brought that up because now I have no idea where that is. I used to have one. I bet it fits like a glove. Yes, the world's shittiest glove. <laughs> so, you know, Mike, my grandmother, Graham. Right, Graham. Oh, my, yes, we right. should
0: get an update on her because we, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are are, are very curious and concerned after her last week.
1: Well, you might know her. Her name is Graham, but, um, so we, we recorded the night before we went up there and we drove, I don't know if it was papal traffic necessarily. Oh yeah. You might've hit some
0: of that. It, it spider spiderwebs out through the whole state probably
1: it does and the pap- his papacy was on his way to philadelphia from washington dc so we were kind of like traveling in his wake i right. guess um so we hit some wasn't terrible but significant traffic right it wasn't like you were just in a 4 mile stretch for an hour or anything like that, but it was pretty heavy. It was just very crowded. It was crowded. There wasn't a whole lot of room to maneuver. Right. Right. I, I need some space so I yeah, can, me too. you know, listen to some music or a podcast or whatever. And just like cruise, man, cruise, like- feel
0: free to just swerve from one lane to another with the song. When the, you know, when the, when the, when the urge strikes, yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, there was none of that. It, it was constant vigilance. So that kind of sucked. And, you know, we're going there to see my 87-year-old grandmother, who was unresponsive when she got to the hospital, and they had to put her in a medically-induced coma. So, you know, all already, like, the destination is shitty. Right. You're already the-
0: on edge just for the destination.
1: And now the journey is o- also a little yeah. shitty. Yeah, so. let
0: alone the fact that you're driving there at probably 65 miles an hour, but with six inches on all side of you. <laughs> all sides of you, right, to the nearest other automobile. <laughs> the entire way.
1: You know, my grandfather, that was Graham's husband. He died in 2001, but he taught me how to drive. And my dad, but he taught me defensive driving. And one of the things... Two important things he taught me about driving.
0: The best defense is a good offense.
1: That was number one, right? The opposite of that, but really close, really close. (laughs) As much as I want to smash into people, he said, well, first of all, he's like, those dotted lines, which you probably think are like six inches long on a highway, are really 10 feet long, and they're there to give you a sense of perspective.
0: Which but did he means, talk about the size that a pigeon may appear?
1: Pigeons didn't enter the conversation. I think okay. that's one of his ultimate failings. But he didn't know any better, okay? But he knew that they were there to guide you. It's like maintain two to three of these at minimum between you and the car in front oh, of okay. you. Okay. That's a nice... It's not a bad rule of thumb. Yeah. Although two I minimum. think you
0: might need to maintain... It's more like five. It's probably honestly. closer to ten, even because aren't you supposed 10. to maintain like five seconds?
1: You are supposed to maintain ten to. I've heard ten. I've heard fifteen feet per ten miles per hour. So if you are going sixty, you should have sixty feet. You know, it's it's like cooking, Brad. It's a right. It's a ratio. It's time and temperature. It's not just time. It's not just temperature. You don't just cook your chicken to 165 degrees, because what that means is you have, like, radiated the chicken to 165 degrees, which means that immediately, as soon as it hits 165 degrees, all of the bacteria are dead. With zero seconds. Bam. There's carryover cooking you know and like your toast better to cook your chicken to 145 degrees for like 27 to 35 minutes because it's a function of time and temperature not just okay. temperature but the USDA tries to make it simple because everybody's a fuck right you know and it's like okay well we we can't get that complicated about it if you like nuclearitize your meat to 165 chicken, it'll definitely be without pathogen at this point. Yeah, but it won't be delicious. Well, no. But they can't get into the weeds like that.
0: Sure. Well, they're not trying to make sure you have delicious chicken. They're just trying to make sure, like you said, safe the, chicken, that all the foodborne yeah. illness
1: pathogens are gone. Foodborne. That's my favorite uh, Matt Damon movie, I think. Foodborne. Too much. (laughs) What you're looking... Don't look up Foodborne. You won't. (laughs) No, I'm not looking that up. That would be pretty (laughs) awesome, though. Wait, I don't think he had that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. You know what? I just realized, like, I have all these notes and and stuff but i'm putting them in 106 but yeah, we're not I was on doing, 106. that's what I was just
0: actually stumbling with
1: damn it we're i on figured
0: one. i was going to mention it but then i was like well you kind of crossed some things out so you're like aware yeah you're like i thought okay we can go with this we can go with this
1: i fucked it up i fucked
0: it up we're just going to have to put the notes at the bottom where my
1: cursor is or something nah, just for here we'll redo it as we go it's fine it will go that way Um, But yeah, update on Graham. So we got there, you know, after the shit show that was both the journey and the destination. And, uh, you know, I'm back there where I grew up in the Poconos. And that's not a good place. It's just not a good place.
0: I think a lot of people think that about where they came from.
1: Maybe, maybe. But some people, like, I have... Very good friends who live in this area who have lived here their entire lives and can't imagine leaving it. They just love it. Mm. Like, there's always like grass is greener, but it's yeah. they don't loathe it. It's like, no, this has been a great place. I just need to go out and explore. But coming back, they don't feel like I think maybe what if you come from a very small place? Yes. Maybe you feel that,
0: right? You feel like you hate it if you're it's a small place.
1: Right, right. Yeah,
0: I think there's definitely something to that. Like the bigger the place the There's l-
1: there's more to experience.
0: Yeah, you can you can live yeah. But when you especially go like yeah, you going from a small place to a bigger place, it's hard to go it's hard to go backwards, I think. But also I'm saying that as someone that comes from a small place as well. So you know, there could be something to, you know, living in the In the urban muck your whole life, and then going out and getting some fresh air.
1: Well, this is what I'm saying. Looking at some
0: horses, and then you're like, okay, no way. I'm not going back to that uh, sludge factory. Understood. You never know. Like you say, grass is just always greener.
1: Yeah, it's always greener. Uh, But I I feel like I know more people who came from small places, small rural places, who don't ever want to go back there than I know people who come from more urbanized places.
0: But that's just because you know more people from small
1: places. It may be that. Because
0: you're from a small place.
1: It may be that, but, you know, I've lived in a bigger place now for quite some time. Not quite half my life, but almost. All of the life that I'm actually aware of, like the majority of it, has been in a bigger place. Between Florida and D.C. You know, back when me and Norm Augustinus were hanging out
2: in Clearwater. Oh, yeah.
1: But you're saying... Most of your life? Most of my cognizant
0: life. Yeah, I guess that might put it over the edge. Yeah,
1: it's it's It could go either way. Like how when, old when are you? How did you gain cognizance? I was like seventeen to twenty two, somewhere in there. Oh really? Maybe. Yeah. Well I then think. fuck
0: it then. Yeah, you definitely were out and about. No, I was a late cognizant bloomer. I see. I did you only gain cognizance cognizance in the last sometime during the last year. Maybe in the last two to three months, perhaps. I think that's where the beard came from. Yeah, that beard, that was a (laughs) ballsy choice. It was like wait a minute, I'm cognizant. Why is my face so smooth? I can do whatever I want right now. Yeah.
1: Well I don't know. know I'll
0: tell you what, Adam, the year's not done yet. Well, that's true. The year of cognizance is not done.
1: Mark <laughs> my words. Jesus Lord. Um, You did go through a bandana phase, though. Oh, yeah. Bandana, long hair. So you were not cognizant then? Maybe that's proof
0: of your discognizance. I think so. I think it was a desperate attempt to... Prove to myself I was cognizant when I was really completely discognizant.
1: You were so sorely mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, now that you put it that way, I probably was not cognizant when I was seventeen to twenty. I'm talking like stage one, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're, I think you're talking about like a higher level of cognizance.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, just like going, you can't go backwards, right? Once you hit a higher level of cognizance. All the previous cognizant levels suddenly seem completely discognizant.
1: My stupid self from like three years ago when I thought I knew everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. Really, you were just going through the motions. You didn't realize it. Nope. You're a tool of society. Which,
1: you know, we are so stupid right now, Brad. You're stuck working for the man. Working for the man. Which man? What man? What makes a man a man? Who's a man? Am I a man? Yes, technically I am. Oh, you're getting some. Why don't you check your text there? No,
0: that's over It's over on the other side of the room.
1: Go get it. No, it's
0: there. not. I can hear it from. But the, it's just vibrating somehow. It thousands is thousands of miles reach away. Of me. But I will tell you, it is. Uh, yeah, it's my stupid reminders going off. Is what I think it is. So it's going to buzz all fucking
1: episode now. So that's going to remind you to give me some details for my movie. It really is. It really is. I got some good shit brewing around in there. Good. But I need No some thanks input. to me. No thanks to you. I keep checking it's like, nope. No little pink bar underneath his weird-ass face. He's not collaborating on this document. So how's Graham? We get there, and it's like you gotta park way up the street and walk through all the fallen crab apples, and... Across the street, it's right next to East Stroudsburg University, so the c- drunk college kids are, like, flying down the very narrow two-lane road, gotta be careful, Go into the hospital, oh, excuse me, who are you here to see? It's like, come on, Jesus. And they give you, like, one paper pass for four people, it's like, what are you doing? What purpose does this serve? Whatever. We get up there, she's in the intensive care unit, and... It's like, I'm the first one, and I'm looking in all the rooms. It's like, I don't... Which one is she? I have a problem. We probably talked about it, but, like, recognizing faces. Sure. Even my own
0: family members. Even your own Graham. Well, you're in a different uh, context.
1: Different context. So it could be a little tough, maybe. A little bit of that, yep. But anyway, it's like, oh, and I start walking into one room, there's an old lady in a bed. (laughs) Is that her? I mean, now, keep in mind, I grew up with Graham. She owned that fucking property. That I mowed the grass. Like, we lived together, basically. I mean, separate houses, but, like, right there. It wasn't like a grandmother I would see once a month or twice a year or anything. Like, I saw her every day. I couldn't recognize her. So, she was a little weird-looking. Um, when she got to the hospital, she was not responding to anything. And wasn't really breathing and had some heart issues and they're not sure if it's like oop you stopped breathing a little bit because of the pneumonia and your heart went a little crazy or maybe your heart went a little crazy which caused you to stop breathing a little bit so they just put her in a coma intubated her and she was kind of there and she had just woken up like that was on I guess that was Wednesday night and we went up Friday and shh. She had just woken up like maybe I don't know three to five hours before we got there after being asleep for two days. Like medically Mm -hmm. induced sleep and heavily drugged because the pneumonia was so bad. And so (laughs) we got there and her eyes were like deep black sockets and they had put all this like salve or something all over them, so they're all shiny and wet. She looked pretty good, except for the horror, but she was lucid enough, and she was, like, talking, and she seemed like Graham. So, aside from the general horror of seeing her with her eyes, like, deep black holes, and the fact that she almost died and was in a medically induced coma, she was pretty good. And, you know, I don't, like we talked about, I don't have high regard for this area. I feel like, apologies to anybody listening, but I feel like it's a like a bumfuck town, basically. That can't tell their nostrils from their assholes. Just, they're both holes, aren't they? But I will say that, like, they went above and beyond to take care of her and make sure that she had a pleasant experience in the ICU because... Of all things, Graham was like, they have the best feature here. They have, you know, at night when they turn the lights out, they have a constellation machine that comes on and projects mm-hmm. patterns of stars onto the ceiling. And, you know, and you can choose what you want to see. So if you want to see, like, you know, you want to head north, you know, let's go up north way. You could see, like, the Big Dipper and the North Star, or they could rotate it around, maybe you look to the south and see whatever the fuck constellation is down in the south. I'm like well that's that's above it. that's pretty cool. It's you know? not too bad. I stand corrected. this place is all right, so that's that's all so how is this like where's the um how do they do? Well, I don't know, but you know they hang down from the ceiling and you can adjust them and I'm like, well, I don't, hmm, I don't really see anything around here that would so how do they how do they do this i mean that's awesome but like how does that work you know
0: how do they project a constellation
1: yeah wouldn't there be some sort of like you know projector or like i thought it was like those glow in the dark stars that you would like adhere to your ceiling Mm -hmm. when you were 13 i didn't see any of that i'm like jesus Maybe they wrote. Maybe it's they only have one of them, and they rotate it around to the people who need it the most. Then the next day we came back. You know, we were up there three days. It's just like back and forth. We were half an hour away from the hospital in our hotel, so it's like back and forth every day. And the next day we went there, and she was like, "Oh, you know what else I saw? Little wooden puppets."
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Well, at first she actually said. Little children dancing and playing everywhere. Like, excuse me? Yeah, there were children. They were dancing and and cavorting about where, just on playgrounds. And I kept pressing her, and she's like, "Well, they were, they were little wooden dolls, actually. They were little little wooden doll children." I okay. I don't know if that's better or worse, but I'm like, continue. How, how many? She's like. More than you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Graham, you are fucking with me right now. I didn't say that to her, obviously. I'm like, okay. So we went went and asked the nurse. It's like, listen, I'm really interested. My mom, you might know her name's Gigi, but she went and asked. It's like, we got to find out. Because I was off doing other shit, but it's like, we got to find out about this. So she, she went and asked the attending nurse, it's like, so tell me about this Constellation machine that you have. And she was like, oh no, she's just fucked up. That's called ICU psychosis. It's very common. So I got to see my grandmother all fucked up on drugs, basically. But I she see. She had us. She had us, hook, line, and sinker
0: on the constellation machine. At yes, least, yes, yes. See, I missed that part. Well, here in the story, I thought you had witness the machine.
1: Well, we were there like within minutes and- of it. Must have been happening, and it's like, oh, well, now the lights are up, and we just can't see it. But well, we didn't. No, I we see. didn't witness it. But it's like, like she had us. We're looking around, like, oh. <sighs>
0: Yeah, Jesus. a a family member of mine was in uh the hospital and uh he claimed that there was a tiny helicopter in the room with him.
1: That's not so bad.
0: So, yeah, not so bad. It's not like more little wooden children that you could imagine.
1: More than you can imagine. Like
0: uh, that's when I start to imagine like it's kind of like uh the deep dream like inception no the uh is that what it's called deep dream the uh the uh that thing from Google where it makes everything look like uh centipedes oh, with yeah oh, like yeah 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 Yorkie right. faces or something cool well, faces on it like right I imagine like just the the teeming with little wooden children
1: over every surface right right well, and I was trying to ask Graham about this it's like now when you looked at. Because, and, oh, I just remembered the uh, the one other, I guess, hallucination that she had was, oh, and there was also a brown wall that I was staring at, but it had texture on it. Like, um, not like spackle, but like those walls that like. Whatever, they put a little paste on there, and they do swirly things. I'm like, now, was it moving around and kind of coalescing into itself? Was it moving at all? No, it was just I was looking at a brown wall, but it had a little texture. The wall was not breathing. It was not breathing or moving. Just looking at a brown wall. (laughs) That's some pretty boring uh, psychosis right there. I mean, the first time you do real drugs and you're 87 years old, don't you want a little better experience than that? yeah. It's a shame, but you know what? She's really into these stories because she had her nice church friends come over tonight and she told them all about her hallucinations. (laughs) It's a fascinating thing, right? It is. And I kept pressing her about it. I wanted more details and she thought I was making fun of her. I'm like, no, I really want to know. You know, you will say what? If she tried grass at her age. She'd have one hell of a trip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. So, So
0: it's great to hear that she's 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 doing better. She's out of the ICU,
1: out of the ICU. They moved her down to a regular room. We were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By the time Sunday afternoon rolled around and we left, she seemed like her normal self, except it was very difficult for her to. Like, stand up. And this is a person who, like, has a job and drives around. Like, she is not an immobile person. Okay. And she couldn't really stand up. And they released her from the hospital today. So she's back home okay. with a walker. And it's like, my legs are so weak. Like, I can barely use them. But she is navigating around the home by herself with the walker. Okay. And, uh you know. It's just well. weird. She said she was told that even in the span of, like, five days, your muscles can undergo a certain amount of atrophy and sure. become very weak, I guess, especially at an advanced age.
2: hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think even less than five days, they can hit a pretty significant atrophy.
1: Really? That's crazy. I thought it had to be, like, weeks or months even.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it would be an atrophy... Here's the thing I didn't understand about an experience I had, because I had knee surgery. You used to fall down a lot. I used to fall down a lot. Now I fall down less, but even like my quad, for example. So they they operated on my knee, but the quad on that leg, it was like the next day. And like, I couldn't even like flex that muscle.
1: The quad being the uh, front. It's like
0: the front upper part. Right really big muscle there mm-hmm. and um it was just like jelly like the other one i could like flex it and it would suddenly you know ooh, like become defined and like feel hard this i just couldn't even do that with even though they operated on my knee like not on that part and i asked the doctor about it, and he was just like yeah like because you're 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 out and you haven't like this was like the next day And he was just like yeah when uh I forget what he said now. It's a great fucking story, bro. But in essence, it was just like, yeah, you like it It can kind of like atrophy that quickly in one day. It was a combination of the one day marked with the fact that like he said something like, yeah, well, it's atrophy because you haven't used it. Plus the shock of having the surgery just like deactivated everything.
1: That's fucking crazy. And I was then.
0: like, I don't know what that means.
1: It's like it's somebody saying everything, but okay, whatever. It's like somebody saying, I'm at your house right now as they hand you a phone. Ask me, you know? Yeah. Like, that's fucking crazy, man. Bill Pullman. That was a good delivery. The best delivery. And in the little head tilt, you know, mm-hmm. he emphasizes it after he says it and he yeah. head tilts.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've- Lone Star from Spaceballs to, uh, to Lost Highway. David Lynch yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. David Lynch has had some... I, I never really thought of it, because I usually think of David Lynch as his like, family of actors in a way. Right, but he has weird little people that come... But he has Pat- his people, like... Patricia Arquette? Yeah, with that movie. But then uh, Nick Cage.
1: Nick fucking Cage. Uh, you know, and then Blue Velvet. Willem, Willem Dafoe, Antichrist star. yeah.
0: Earlier on, he was there in Wild at Heart, but then also Anthony Hop- fucking
1: Hopkins, Dennis fucking Hopper too. Dennis fucking Hopper, man. Yeah, he's really got some people. Yeah, well, he, people, he, he knows some
0: people and can make them do some interesting stuff. He can, Richard like
1: Farnsworth then. You know, Yeah, that's true. I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah. It's a good one. But, like, I don't know how he did it, but, like, he convinced people that, I mean, you know I'm a big Lynch fan, because I'm treading on a little dangerous ground here, but Lynch is a very boring person. Or maybe that's just what he tries to put out there, but I feel like he's pretty fucking boring. Okay. His movies are not. His movies are amazing. To me... But like, they are not blockbusters by any stretch of no, the imagination. No, no. So I think like these Nick Cages and Patricia Arquette's and Dennis Hoppers of the world, these are like working actors who just they're freelance. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need work, and sometimes, and I sent you a link earlier today, but like. You know, when you're working on the mind-numbing corporate shit, like you and I do, once in a while, you want something a little exciting. And it's like, oh, I have a chance to do like something meaningful. Art, perhaps. hmm mm-hmm. And they take that opportunity. But the Dennis Hoppers and Patricia Arquettes and Nick Cages never get <laughs> a return invitation. Why? Do they not want to go back? Or does he not want them back? Because Nick Cage has made some very interesting decisions over yes. his career.
0: Or maybe, like, he has not made a decision. Well,
1: I think he's just what? gone
0: through a phase where he would just make anything.
1: Why didn't we get him on board for any fucking thing we wanted during Because we're like,
0: lame asses. It's that I, simple.
1: You know what? I think he's still in that phase, honestly. No, I think you're right. Because he had, I sent this to you, he had a movie, it was called, uh, I don't even know, it doesn't matter. So you sent me Left Behind.
0: Yes, Left Behind. Which 3. is that, 9. that popular, you know, Christian post-apocalyptic series. But,
1: but Brad, this this has to be a Left Behind reboot, because Kirk Cameron was right. the star of the original Left right. Behind.
0: But the original Left Behind was kind of like a so, as I understand it, the original Left Behind, you know, it was one of these straight-to-DVD. It was marketed directly to kind of, like, you know, its target audience, which is, you know, evangelical Christians, I suppose, or do even we, some subset
1: of them. Do we need to describe what Left Behind is right now? Maybe. Why don't you well, tell?
0: I'll do my best. Well, just, it I mean, it's in essence a series strokes. of novels that were very popular, again, in certain... Uh, Christian circles that was an it was in essence the story of the book of Revelation, but written kind of like a exciting film, like from the point of view of the people on Earth. Right. Going through this, going through all of these various things that happen. And a big part of this this revelation is, of course, the rapture where suddenly a bunch of people just vanish because they're taken directly to heaven. They don't even have to die that all the sinners are just left behind on earth to deal
1: to toil and suffer.
0: Yeah. And so this is, I guess the story of those people that are left behind. Um, and so it's kind of like maybe a cautionary tale, like, Hey, you don't want to be left behind. To be honest, I've never seen, I've never read the book or, or seen the, uh, the movies. I
2: made a
1: series of movies starring Kirk Cameron. I haven't done either of those things either, but I, lived that <laughs> so My this entire was childhood so. yeah
0: yeah so this was an attempt i think this i remember when the nick cage movie was being made and it was an attempt to kind of uh mainstream, you know, mainstream it more it. yeah be like yeah this is gonna be an actual move but like i remember the trailer just looking like oh geez this does not look very good and i remember seeing online there was like some scenes posted that just kind of showed like yeah this is not even remotely watchable
1: (laughs) so right because you have like the walking dead you have even the leftovers which i don't enjoy at all yeah i've never watched that yeah it's not that good but HBO does it. The production values are good, at least in the acting. So, it, but this, like, these are like bad TV movie level. Not even just TV movie. There's some good TV movies. It's like bad TV movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe more appropriate is like bad YouTube show. It's just nuts, nutso. Yeah. The crazy thing, though, is that. In 2003, I was working at a video production company in Florida, and we were in charge of all of video and audio for (laughs) AACC, the American Association of Christian Counselors. This was a pretty gigantic conference. I want to say there were... Can't remember anywhere from six to 14,000 people attending this conference. And the main draw was Tim LaHaye was speaking at this conference. Okay. Yes. The author of Left Behind. The author of Left Behind. So that's basically the end of that lame story. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him. I was shooting yeah. video of him. He hey. was there. Hey. Not bad. And he's still alive. He's almost 90 years old. Not dead yet. Just like really? He's he's old. I didn't realize that. Oh, he's ancient. Yeah. He was ancient then, and that was 12 years ago. Did these books come out a long time ago? Yeah, he's been writing them forever. There's shit tons of them. Like, the dude is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, he has made so much money. I just remember seeing him and being like, you have made more money off this shit than... I can possibly imagine. And I remember like the next, like the year after seeing that, like, holy shit, these people are like crazy about it. And, but Brad, there's a market for making shit that stupid people like. Mm -hmm. So I had a little phase where it's like, I'm going to make like Protestant Christian propaganda films because I can do better than that. And if they buy that, They'll buy my stuff, right? I never did it because it felt too gross because I didn't believe it, you know? But you could sell it if your ultimate goal was just to make money. You could sell that kind of thing.
0: Well, I'm selling it. I mean, I think selling it is almost the harder part than creating it. Yeah. Or at least it's equal part, right? Right, right. Yeah. Left Behind is a series of 16. There's tons. Best-selling novels. And what, but when did it start? Because I always thought they were more modern, but I guess not.
1: Not really. They've been, I want to say they, like some of the first ones may have been around when I was in high school. They may have been like bouncing around, you know, our pedantic Christian school we went to.
0: No. Oh, I see. Chronological order. Versus the published sequence. So they, they, it's all like out of, yeah. So no, the first one was in 1995.
1: All right. So yeah, it was right at the end there. The yeah. So that's year. where it would. Uh, right.
0: That's what I thought. So he was just really flipping old when he even started this. He was like, was
1: that the book or the
2: movie? It was like
0: 70. These are the books.
2: Okay. All right. Yep. 1995.
0: looks like 2007 was the last one. Kingdom come
1: the final victory. Oh, it was released on Sunday, December 31st, 1995. End of the year, the beginning of a new year.
2: hmm
1: A novel of the Earth's last days. We gotta get out of this scripture-heavy era that I we're know, it's in I know, is like here. the third Ugh. episode. So should we maybe
0: transition into talking about Lebowski? Uh, no, not yet. Are we yet. gonna do a 106B
1: not yet. I have some revisits from the last episode, actually.
0: Some revisits from the revisits? Yeah. All right. Okay. Lay it on us. You okay with that?
1: I'm all right with that. Okay. First of all, I put some screen grabs here. Okay. So, we're going... This is actually back to episode 105 now. But, as we see the two-shot of the dude and Walter... Mm-hmm. and donnelly is coming up the stairs behind them yes yeah the and dude no-
0: is kind of sitting there kind of staring off into space we realize when they do the reverse shot he's staring at the giant bible quote on the wall perhaps taking Walter it in. Is reading the bible he has the giant bible kind of held up kind of close to his face because i guess he's a
1: little nearsighted is that what you call that I don't know. It's like northwest wind, southwest wind. Which right. direction is that going that way or coming from? The, I don't know.
0: Yep, I'm with you on that. So, same problem. But yeah, he has the big Bible kind of held up to his face, his glasses kind of dangling off his one ear. He's reading the Bible. Yes. And behind them, Donnelly is ascending the stairs.
1: And he is a silhouette. Yes. He is completely starkly shadowed. He could be mistaken for the Grim Reaper. I'll buy that for a $1. dollar. For $1.99 maybe to make it seem more palatable, but. Yeah, it's less than a dollar. It's not even a dollar. Not even a dollar. There he is, though. You know, he's like, this is a choice. They could have lit this. They could, you know, you could still have pools of light and have like. Because there's this giant chandelier, like. Jutting down right between the dude and Walter. Yeah. That's the motivation for that entire back part of like the hallway and the staircase. A couple things going on here. Like, if they so chose, they could have had that light illuminate his face. They didn't want to. They wanted the dude and Walter to be in the foreground both preoccupied with whatever the fuck they're preoccupied with scripture on the wall, Bible in his hand, the grim reaper approaching from the background without them even noticing and not like he, it's a faceless force Mm -hmm. that's coming to them. And he's about to deliver the news that Donnie's dead and like, give them his ashes.
0: Right. Well, it's even when, you, so you see him ascend into the frame as a dark, shadowy figure silhouetted. Then it cuts to the reverse shot. You see the back of the dude in Walter. And then, he, again, he walks into the frame. He's wearing a suit with, you know, it's a dark jacket, your typical suit, like a dark uh, a dark coat and dark pants. And he, he's kind of close to the camera. So really, it's just kind of like from like his shoulders down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, there's a dark figure now milling about behind them, kind of, kind of just methodically yep. moving. And then all of a sudden, it's like he he goes off frame, then comes back, like into the light. Hello, gentlemen. It's almost like a buildup of there is some tension there about this figure, which then kind of breaks in a way. Like, oh, it's just this kind of dorky mortuary guy.
1: It's hard to. Put yourself in the same frame of mind that you were in, and by you, I mean one was in the first time you watched it. It's a recurring theme, but we have mm-hmm. the benefit of having seen this movie so many times, but this is like a a great movie, and Leslie and I that's my wife, you might know her. We're watching source code last night, okay. It, I remember that. I mean, I didn't see it, but I remember it. Well, Duncan Jones, the only reason I was interested is because... Oh, that's right. He did do that. Yeah, he did Moon. So it's like, well, this... I mean, unless he totally sucks, this is probably going to be good. And it was pretty good until we fell asleep. But it was late, and we're old, so... Right. Like, Leslie actually outlasted me i fell asleep first so that should say something it's really good i can't wait to finish it we rented it we actually paid money for it but yeah i mean i kind of t- tend to pay money for things yeah just do it
0: like because again for me the limiting factor is i'm actually sitting in a watch something like it's so rare like back in the day before kids and everything like we you know we would just binge watch all night whatever the hell we wanted Fuck yeah. You couldn't be just like, you know, you had to kind of, you know, it was worth planning it out monetarily, right? Like, let's stick to Netflix most of the time. But this is like, oh, I'm actually going to sit down and watch a movie. This is a rare occasion. I would pay $15 for that. Yeah. Maybe maybe $30 for that. (laughs) To see, like, the exact movie I want to see.
1: For $2.99?
0: Yes, please. Well, I did that the other night. I wanted to watch, and I say the other night, it was really several weeks ago, but I was like, I want to watch Fast and the Furious 7. You know, I'm a Fast and the Furious fan. We've talked about it before.
1: Wait, is that the most recent one that I haven't
0: seen yet? most recent one you haven't seen. Oh, God damn it. And I was like, you know, and I was disappointed I missed it in the theaters. You hadn't seen it yet? Hadn't seen it.
2: Oh, fuck. I wish you you would have waited for me. We could have watched that
0: together. Because it comes up on the Apple TV. Oh. Like, hey, look, this is out now. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch that. And I click on it. And of course, it's like, oh, yeah, it's not available to rent yet. That'll oh. be in another four weeks. Fuck. Right now, you can buy it for $15, though. And I was like, even though I'll probably never watch it again. Fuck it. I'm paying the 15 bucks.
1: I just
2: you it's know, worth
0: I've- it. For my one night a month of entertainment, I'm going to spend that goddamn 15 bucks.
1: If you went to the theater, you would pay that much anyway, right? Exactly.
0: So this was like the theater
1: was in the uh, comfort of my own home. So uh, once again, you are like traversing like cognizance levels. That's always one step ahead of me because I see those things and it's like, you can't rent it. You can only buy it. And I, I don't do it. I've done it like two or three
0: times. Well, I'm in the same place. I've done it like only a handful of times, but this was
1: one of them. I bought blade runner. I bought Napoleon dynamite. I bought fucking, um, of the dead and devil and Daniel Johnston. That's what I bought and Big Lebowski, obviously, but that actually that came with my Blu-ray had a digital download. So that's it. But it's like every time I see that, it's like, I don't want, I just want to see it once. If I like it so much, I will buy it. Like I'll like just suck, suck up the rental cost and then buy it again. I'll do both of those things. I don't give a shit. But I, I need to see it once before I commit that much. But the cost resources. of renting it is like... What's well, 20%? It's oh, no, it's 20%. a new release because it's
0: like 5 It's 99. over a third. Right.
1: Okay, it's over a third, right? It's like okay.
0: halfway between a third and a half, whatever that would be.
1: Yeah, who knows, man? Probably 42.5%. Two, it would be like... Uh, Forty one and a half percent. Sorry. It would be. Uh, work it out. Work it, it out. Work it twelfths. out. 41 five twelfths. Forty one and a half percent. Keep working at it. <laughs> five twelfths.
0: Forty one point six percent. Okay. Yep. Forty one point six, six, six. Yep. <laughs> That's like practically. That is what it is. <laughs> I want to say five twelfths. Maybe
1: it's only. You did maybe it. Maybe it's only three twelfths. You got 4/12. the calculator out oh. and you managed to get where I was. Yep. Good job. Listen, I know some math. That's why these. I was looking it up, Brad. Zeno's Paradox. Oh, that's, that's the if you only walk half the way? Half and half and half and half. Yeah, Zeno's Paradox.
0: Yeah, but it's not really. I think. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't just want to go there.
1: <laughs> what do you think?
0: I feel like you've kind of bastardized it, though.
1: No, I don't think so. No, in fact, the one was, like... Because he had nine paradoxes. Some of them kind of overlap. But the one was literally, like... If you start on one side of a room and try to walk across the room. That was literally one of them.
0: Right, it wasn't no, I just, know that
2: paradox.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know... Yeah, I don't know.
1: I'd have you're to. pretty. You know what? You're just pretty cocksure yourself all I the am. time. Well, and I like that, Brad. The, it's I more, like you, man. The
0: whole <laughs> if you only move halfway, right? You always have to move halfway before you don't you're going always to have to move halfway. At the minimum, you do. But if you. Move, I mean, yes, it is interesting to think of the fact that if you only move half your time, you'll never get there. You'll just approach getting closer and closer to it, and never get there. But nothing about it says it's somehow impossible because you could, you could, instead of moving halfway, you could move three-quarters of the way. Or you could move all the way. Or you could move twice the way. Like, all those things
1: exist. You could definitely move three-quarters of the way every time. And if you moved two times as much as you needed, you would immediately be there without any time passing. You would be infinitely far beyond whatever your goal was. If these are the units you're moving in, I maintain that the answer is indivisible units. At some point, you don't move in fluidity or maybe you do move in fluidity. I'm not sure how that would work. Actually, if it's like there are indivisible units at some point, Which doesn't make sense to describe them as, like, length or space or time. It's just units. So is that more fluid or less fluid? I understand what you're saying. It's like, you're not moving in, like, chunk, 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 chunk. My argument is that at some level, with a high enough resolution camera, you are, in fact, doing that. Fine. But you can't, there is, you can't divide it. Sure. Okay. That's all. That's all. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can sense your hesitation. No, there's no hesitation, man. It's all cool. <laughs> He's got emotional problems, man. <laughs> 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 anyway, Left Behind got a three point nine on IMDb and Iron out Eagle of five out of ten. Out of ten. And Iron Eagle the got Nick a 5.2. The Nick Cage 2. left behind? The Nick Cage left behind. And Iron Eagle got a 5.2. <laughs> well, what did, um... Iron well, Eagle
0: 2? No. <laughs> Shit, we talked about it. What was the Nick Cage helicopter movie?
2: <laughs>
1: Is this the person, your family member, who saw a helicopter in their room? <laughs> yeah, and Nick Cage was Nick flying Nick Cage and-
2: was fucking in that yeah. helicopter?
1: Mm-hmm. Flying around a. top. Doesn't he have better Firebirds. things to do? God damn it. IMDb rating is 4.6. Well, still better than Left Behind. That's for sure. Firebirds, 1990. This was still trying to cash in on the Top Gun Iron Eagle phenomenon. Yes. But with it was, helicopters.
0: This was Top Gun, but with helicopters. I rem- Tommy fucking Lee Jones. It's exactly what it says on the box. <laughs> What does it say on the like box? Like Top Gun, but with
1: helicopters. If you enjoyed Top Gun, you'll have a great time. <laughs> There's a quote on the bottom of the box. Yeah, well, who didn't enjoy Top Gun? If you enjoyed Top Gun, you'll have a great time. What, laughing at it? I think I saw this movie. I think I was excited to see this movie. It
0: was a staple, one of those things that was always on, uh... You know, on uh,
1: Channel 11 on the weekends. 4.6. Boy, you know, anytime you drop below 5.0 on IMDb ratings, you're having a bad time. And so many of Nick Cage's choices fall below that 5.0 threshold. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? Does he make his own choices? You know, you gotta like give him a little credit for that. He just does whatever the fuck he wants. Well, does he owe money or something? I don't know, is he just trying to, yeah, is he trying to, like, make a shit ton of money so we can pay off debts? I don't know. Like, he's pretty big time, right?
0: Yeah, he had a, a uh... Yeah, he owes millions of dollars in back taxes.
1: He never paid taxes, right?
0: Really? It's strange, because it seems to go, like... As I search is the Google results, they go back in time. It's like, Nick Cage... Owes $600,000 in taxes. And then the next year it says Nick Cage owes $6 million. Then the next year it says Nick Cage pays off half of his $13 million tax tax bill.
1: How would that happen? He has not paid taxes since 2002. Even so, like $16 million. Like, I know there's penalties, but... They're usually well, fairly he's reasonable. Make, he's
0: making $40 million per movie at and one point. He, he was making $40 million per movie, was Not he? Not per movie, per year. Sorry. Okay, okay.
1: Um, and he didn't pay taxes on any of that shit for like 13 years? I mean, I don't know
0: all the details. It seems like it. Wow. Um, shit. Apparently, and this goes to show just how this works, right? You get a bunch of money, but it doesn't... I don't know. He apparently blew through this money.
1: Well, that's what they do. And there's that whole thing of like, you know, there's a certain threshold of yearly income past which you have diminishing returns of happiness. Well,
0: the problem is he spent all his money, according to this. On what? He has 15 homes. Sell some. Yeah, I know, but yeah. Step zero: island, four luxury yachts, a fleet of exotic cars, a thirty million dollar Gulfstream private jet.
1: I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't blame. He has a
0: sixty-seven million year
1: old dinosaur skull. I don't blame him. Extremely rare albino king cobras for any of these purchases. I would purchase even more inane shit than that. But if like you're threatened with. Incarceration. Yeah. You sell that shit. You know, you had your time. You had a good time. Now get your fucking act together and don't have to like be in left behind.
0: Right. Well, that's, well, he's paying, you know, he's, he's like, I gotta, gotta pay off the bills.
1: So he's taking the jobs. What the bullshit story about Nick Cage is, is like he changed his name because his uncle is Francis Ford. Coppola. Yes. So it's like, I don't want to ride on his coattails. And yet his break came when, cause like he tried out for some shit or something and didn't get it. And then he was working some menial job, but then his uncle Francis like offered to have him come in and just like read parts of a script with a bunch of actors. And based on his performance, reading that script there, he got a part in that movie, so that really is how he got his sure. start. So I don't like this. Don't go saying like he didn't have the help of his ultra famous and successful uncle. Of course, did, he I, did. did I say that he didn't? The royal you, the editorial. Listen, <laughs> 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 yeah. So I
0: guess it was the perfect storm. He was living well beyond his means, even for a guy who makes $40 million a year. Jesus. And he wasn't paying his taxes. And so by the time 2009 came around, they're like, hey, you have to pay us $13 million. That's what the government said. And it was shit. All right. Like you said, I'll sell the houses. Except it was oh nine. It was after the crash and everything.
1: Still, you could sell like thirteen of your fifteen houses, and you'd think you could
0: get a million a piece for them.
1: You would think. Granted,
0: you might take a bath at it, right? Sure, but you're going to pay off. At least you're going to get the capital to pay that off. Yeah, you'd think. You maybe not. Maybe these were all just kind of
1: like. Let's face it; it's very easy to live beyond your means, no matter what your means are. Yeah. I mean, I've run extension cords from my neighbor's house into my own house just to run the refrigerator. But I was still paying most of my bills besides the electricity bill. You can have a hundred times that much money. And if you're you're stupid, you can still fuck it all up. Piss it all away. It's like however much money you have, that's how much money you will fucking spend.
0: Well, I think it all depends, right? Like... You will, it depends on what kind of, like, certain people, right, it doesn't matter what the amount of money is, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, certain people, this is what, uh, this is a gem from Christine's grandfather, right? Certain people, you give them a million dollars, and in two years, they're going to be like, oh, I'm out of money. Other right. people, you give them a million dollars in two years, they're like, oh, now I have two million dollars. Right. Like, yeah. I'm more like the guy that just wouldn't have the money in two years i was like,
1: shit, I need another million. You had a good fucking time, though, didn't you? Yeah. You enjoyed the shit out of every second of that two years. Well, Nick Cage owes lots of money in back taxes. I think that's what we've learned this episode. Right? Yes.
0: Yes. So, okay, well, we're in the middle of some revisits here.
1: Yeah, I have another re- I have a long succession of <laughs> screen grabs here, but I put it in the previous episodes. Sure. <laughs> so, first of all,
0: and these are actually revisits, they don't seem like revisits.
1: Well, they are some of them are the the Grim Reaper shot Mm-hmm. With Donnelly coming up the stairs, because this is episode 105, so this yes. is uh, it's a true revisit. I'm with you. A true revisit. And we see the dude and Walter in the foreground, but if you look at, like, these uh, leather-bound, like, gold-embossed walls there, iron, yes. whatever they are, they are weirdly angled.
0: They're doors. Is that what they are, doors? I think that's the doors to this room they're in, and they're, like, swung open. Wow, huge doors there. Like, huge, elaborate doors. Well, this is definitely a large, ornate mortuary. He's a large, bulging man. It's once again the dude, you know, coming from his uh, kind of deeply casual world into the world of authority,
1: And tradition and pomp. Great. That's awesome. Yep. Very nice work right there. He's out of his element. He's out of his element. What's weird, though, is, like, it's not... And I know, I know, consistency is the bugaboo of a drug-addled mind. I get it. But the... Doorway is not centered. Like, screen left, that door, you can see all of the leather panels. Mm Mm-hmm. Screen right, the door's cut off. So the dude and Walter kind of shifted screen right a little bit. Everything's off. It's not that off. You mean when he's ascending the staircase? Yeah, the Grim Reaper screen grab I gave you here. Well, the Grim Reaper screen grab... Are you looking at the same thing I'm looking at?
0: Is like a... Yeah, but the movie's in 16 to 9, and that screen grab is like almost... Oh, I did crap that. It's
1: 4-3 or it's 1-1. I got caught up in my own hubris. Disregard. All right, so it... Yeah, because I'm looking at my screen grab. So in the movie, it's more centered than that?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: More centered. Completely centered, no.
1: Not quite. Not perfectly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that lamp in the background is possibly perfect. No. Even that's not per That's a little to the left, and the dude and Walter are a little to the right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Good catch. Thank you for keeping me honest. Because I, yeah, I snapped that with my phone. Because I didn't feel like bringing the movie up. on Because my- you can't take the screen grabs with iTunes on your laptop. I know. I hate that. What a. Flippin' kicking the balls,
0: man. Kickin' the balls. Hate that. Once they close that loophole in IOS it's gonna be like
1: why even go on anymore? Right. Ugh. So Francis Donnelly, Donnie, we can move hmm. on now. Okay. That's all. Francis Donnelly, Donny. They there's They both a, have a Don It's almost and an e. infinite number of names you could choose from. But instead, they chose a name that's almost exactly like the guy that he just burned to a crisp. Multitude of crisps. Shut the fuck up, Donnelly. (laughs) I wish they would have. See, if we were there when they were writing this, we could have suggested that. Would have been in the movie. (sighs) When Donnelly (laughs) was so funny. Just funny. Continue. When Donnelly picks up his little uh, his little binder, mm-hmm. if you were to look at the binder from Donnelly's perspective, sitting behind his desk, mm-hmm. it's upside down. When he picks it up, oh, he flips it so that it's right side up when Walter takes it. Or you mean right side up for? Okay, not right side up, but like okay, north south alignment. There's major alignment.
0: continuity happening here, or major lack continuity of, issues.
1: Yeah, this is the series of screen grabs I sent you. Okay, if you All right. scroll through them, because I
0: just was watching it as you were talking, paying close attention to the binder, and a lot of crazy stuff happens with this binder.
1: Crazy shit, man. So it's, it, well, it's
0: face well, it's, down. Your screen grabs only cover half of it. Half well,
1: of it. What's I would the like other to say half? Your
0: screen grabs are technically in minute 106. It's not a revisit. But anyway. Well, I thought we were done. Aren't we done with revisits now? Oh, are we? Okay,
1: we moved on. Well, I think
0: so. I think so. We, we haven't played the minute, but I, at this point, I feel like, what's the point?
1: No, fucking play the minute. All right, here, come on. Before we get into this, let's play the minute. All right. Thank so you. We're,
0: we're actually going to do this. We're going to do this. We're not going to go to a 106B. Because we're already
1: an hour and ten into this episode Listen, if we're gonna go to 106B We can't talk about The minute, then Play the minute, let's just go Alright Bucket, do it live, go
2: <laughs> Oh no
1: Yes I understand you're Taking away the remains Yeah uh, We have the urn I assume this is Credit card Yeah. What's this? That's for the urn. Don't need it. We're scattering the ashes. Yes. So we were informed... However, we must, of course, transmit the remains to you in a receptacle. This is one hundred and eighty dollars. It is our most modestly priced receptacle. Uh, well, can you do one hundred eighty dollars? They range up to three thousand. Uh, we're uh.
0: So there was the minute. Finally, did it. We've finally played it. <laughs> but now I just gotta go back though to this continuity thing with this binder. All right, let's do some
1: more revisits.
0: So this <laughs> kind of straddles revisit territory, because this straddles 105 through 106. All right. So Donnelly comes up the stairs, walks around the dude and Walter, walks to the front of the desk. He's holding the binder. There's a tree on the binder. That's right. like the logo of this funeral home, because you can also see it on like the little card or placard or whatever it is on the desk.
1: Of which he has many... Like presenting units of marketing materials, at least three. Yes. Outward facing. Right. So he has this thing.
0: So I'm going to say, I'm just going to use the tree, which way the tree is facing, right? Like if it's facing up toward him or Walter. So he comes in with the binder, Mm -hmm. steps around the desk, puts it down on the desk Francis Donnelly, pleased to meet you, holds out his hand to the dude. The dude shakes his hand. They cut now to the reverse shot Mm -hmm. in mid-clasp. Francis Donnelly, granted, you can't tell at first, but he's still holding, even though he put it down in the previous shot, in this shot, he's still holding the binder. Yes, he is. He reaches over to Walter, then puts it down again. Right. Right. And again, i never noticed this, except you were talking about which way the binder is facing. So I was watching this binder a little closely, more closely, and I just noticed this. So now he puts it down. So he puts it down twice. So there's the first thing. But both times he puts it with the tree. It's facing up and toward him. It's facing up and toward Donnelly. Now we cut reverse shot again. Between the dude, the camera's kind of between the dude and Walter.
1: It's dolling in. Well, no, I disagree. When he places it down in the shot from behind the dude and Walter, it is facing towards the dude and Walter.
0: It's it away is, from him. There is no, um, well, it's upside down. The tree is now facing down. What are you talking about? I'm talking about, let's say, at, uh, one o's. <laughs> One o five (laughs) o three. So I'm doing the whole like. Is it minute
1: one? What? Come on, no one forty four fifty. I'm talking about. Okay, when he first puts it down. Yeah, we're seeing we're from behind the Dune and Walter, and he hasn't sat. He's just coming around behind his desk. He
0: sets it down, and the tree is facing him. The tree is facing away from him. Okay. Wait, what? This uh, might be a nomenclature issue. It's a,
1: nom- it's a preferred the, nomenclature the thing. The tree
0: but, is toward the top of the binder, so the tree is it's, like closer to Walter, although the tree closer. is right side up from Donnelly's point of view. Right.
1: What so are we arguing about? the binder
0: is facing Donnelly. Right. Okay. That is the way that you would hold that binder if you were Donnelly. Yes, exactly, and that's what right happens. Right
1: side up in the
0: front. Yeah, so he points up, it there. You know. Then he puts it down again because there's a continuity. He ends up putting it down twice. Both times he puts it down the same way.
1: He's Tree holding it. He he's holding it in both hands and he places it down with both hands. Tree closer to the dude and Walter and right side up. Right, but then the
0: next shot. Right we're back to between the dude and Walter.
1: And he's holding the binder in his left hand. Now. <laughs> no. Yes, he is.
0: I, I'm in the. You know, we're, we're so fucking. I'm not. on am
1: okay. Yes. Oh, you're no, talking no, no. about I'm what one he shot he had, ahead okay, of, okay, of okay, you. Y- yeah, I'm you're one shot ahead of you. You're one binder shot ahead of me. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, I'm still so, revis. I thought we were
0: still revisiting. I thought we, well, there I'm, were no rules. I'm seamlessly moving from the revisit into the minute.
1: Okay. Well, that. Didn't work.
0: <laughs> we watched the binder minute by minute, shot by shot. Here's what happened. First shot, it's behind the du- the camera is behind Dude and Walter. Donnelly's facing the camera. He puts the binder down with mm-hmm. the tree facing him. Right. Next no, shot. No,
1: wait. No, what do you mean tree facing him?
0: <laughs> I mean the tree is right side up to Donnelly.
1: The roots that are towards him, and the branches and leaves are towards the Dude and Walter. Yes. Yes, except when we cut to the next shot, when he's shaking hands, he's still holding the binder.
0: Exactly. He's still holding it. Right. And then he puts it down. Uh, Once again, though, like in the previous shot, he
1: puts it down. Tree facing, leaves toward Dune and Walter, roots towards Donnelly. Yes! Yes, okay, okay. Then
0: the next shot. Yes. We're back to behind the Dune and Walter.
1: And it's upside the, down.
0: The binder is there. Well, it's yeah, it's upside down in the sense that the tr- the tree is like now it's obscured face from down. You.
1: It's touching the desk. The cover of the binder is facing down on the desk. Yeah, and it's been rotated 180 degrees. Um,
0: I'll go with you on that. I, I'm not sure. Well, well I we didn't can't re- tell till until he picks it up, right? So he picks it up, rotates it.
1: These are the screen. I gave you all these
2: screenshots. Yes. All you got
0: to do
1: is cycle through them.
0: Yes. Well, yeah. The, there's, well, there's yeah, two. I was still it's because there was the whole continuity errors. Yeah. So then right, he lifts it right. up, flips it around, hands it toward towards the dude and Walter. Walter takes it, but now in this shot of Walter taking it, the tree is facing toward Walter. Right. So there's like about eighteen continuity <laughs> problems with this binder.
1: That's a weird number. <laughs>
0: Reality, there is pretty much every single shot does not match the next shot.
1: I think there's a reason why they it, never worked with this actor again.
0: Yeah, it's like, well, how many shots is this really? It's like one, two, three, four he shots He fucked it in up every time. And every single shot, the binder is different. It's
1: like, listen, it's dude. in a different way. We rehearse for a fucking reason. Do it the same way every time. What is your problem? Braddock gets even worse when we see we're like dollying into a close up of Donnelly as he extends the binder out to them. And now uh-huh. it's back, you know, the normal way it should be. And he's handing it out to them. The tree is facing towards, like the leaves are facing towards the dude and Walter, and the roots are facing uh-huh. towards Donnelly. That's how you would have it. But he's also holding it on the very corner of the binder. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yep, his hand placement is totally off. And then when we cut to the two-shot of dude and Walter, he's holding it in the middle of the binder. And the tree is closer to Donnelly. The, like, the leaves are closer to Donnelly. And
2: right.
1: the roots are facing the dude and Walter. Again, yeah. it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. This binder is so problematic. How does a binder become so problematic? How Are they not paying attention? How does a
0: anymore? binder become so problematic? Really, that is the central question. <laughs> it is. How does a binder? A binder become so problematic. Of all things, it's the thing you least expect. It's just a fucking binder. No big deal. We don't even have to think about it. Oh, but that's that's where you oh. put, my friend. You have no idea how quickly a binder can become so problematic. <laughs>
1: ah! This is what gets me every time. You know, it's like in office space when they try to like rip off like fractions of a penny, but it's like, "Oh shit." I moved the decimal point, like, over a couple spaces. It's always these mundane details. Mundane details? It's a binder, man. The binder can be problematic.
0: It still has to obey the basic laws of space and time.
1: Not like Archimedes and Achilles and the tortoise. There are rules, man. This isn't, like, 4th century B.C. (laughs) quasi-physics. It's movie making there's fucking rules this binder, brad like if if a th- such a simple concept as a binder can bring down the Cohen brothers, like what business do I have making movies? That's why my movies suck it's all binders, brad, it's all fucking binders, all the way down. That's where money comes in. I think if you have lots of money, you can like hire people. But they did have money. Well, even here, they pay here, people money to p- major, think about these a things. A major
0: motion picture production, and you know, a binder can still slip through the cracks. It's, it's, it's this is a skinny binder. It's not one of these three wing binders. This is just more like it's more like like you call like, I think you technically you'd call like a folio actually. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's more be- like one of these, like, leather-bound folders. We've been calling it a binder. It's designed to hold one sheet of paper. Right. <laughs> or maybe several tops. Maybe. But really, yes, Less that's what ten. it is. So it, it's skinny. It can slip in. It can slip in and become problematic. Mess up your whole day, man.
1: But let's let's be real about this. Did they rehearse this scene? Or did they just fucking, like, obviously there's a master shot, and then there's the dude in Walter's shot, there's Donnelly's shot, they shot it at least three times. Didn't they fucking rehearse it? Like, what is Donnelly doing? Like, goddammit, this scene couldn't have taken more than one day to shoot! So how is this binder getting flipped around and turned over so many times unless it's intentional? Is it intentional? Could be why it could be the Cohen brothers
0: trying to send us a message. Be careful, Brad.
1: <laughs> Listen, you're you're slipping a little bit here. All right, you're you're putting the Cohen brothers up on a dais on a pedestal.
0: Well, we well it's been well documented, right? What Kubrick did in The Shining with his use of
1: space. What was documented? What do you mean? I mean, I know, like the framing and like the perspective and the infinity thing. Is that what you're talking about, or just
0: the ge- geometrical impossibilities?
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but what would th- how what would this be?
0: Well, maybe this is from the point of view of the dude, right? He's stoned to be Jesus.
1: It's he upside can't keep track down. Of where the fucking binder is? It's backwards. It's rotated. Yeah, he doesn't know. Nah, it's... boy. I you know. I really don't, unless they knew that a couple of fucking assholes were going to do this and were communicating well, with each other across the cosmic stew, no. that's the only answer.
0: So, can I get, I'm going to get re- more real than real right now. Holy Jesus. It might be too real, might be uncomfortably real.
1: All right, let's do
0: it. But this binder business. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Didn't ruin the movie. This is still one of the most beloved American films of all time. And no one's ever even noticed the fucking binder.
1: You know what? Until today. That's not necessarily fucking true. Maybe you do notice the binder, but you only notice it subconsciously. And it's one of the things, and there's probably a thousand more binders in this movie that even we didn't notice examining this movie frame by frame, second by second, minute by minute. (laughs) It's one of the things, it's like, it's kind of like when the hairs on the back of your neck go up and you're not quite sure why. You walk into a room and it's a little colder than it should be. You don't really notice it, but it does register on some level. You're saying it's an oversight and a mistake, but it might not be.
0: Well, only in as much it might not be as the fact that uh, God does not play dice.
1: I take issue with that on several levels, but I know what you mean. Cohen brothers are not Einstein level, and movies are not God. So, because so, there is no God and there are movies, you know. True that. Yes, you were saying. Well, well, I was
0: going to, you know, in the in this whole Come on, folio first. business, right? Donnelly holding the folio out, and even though the continuitys. Mm-hmm whacked to shit here jack to Jesus. i've never noticed it and this is actually i do like this is one of these little moments of the movie you know one of the little under undersold not um, not undersold like like uh unsung is the word i'm looking for right little unsung great right. moments of the movie here i think how donnelly's holding out the folio Kind of like, okay, which one of you dudes is going to, like, pay for this? I'm not sure. Right? And the there's dude the whole was,
1: thing. Right. The dude was the first one to acknowledge Donnelly when he walked up, so he kind of holds it out to the dude first yeah. a little bit. And the dude
0: kind of puts his hand out, like, okay, I'll take it, but never right. reaches forward enough to actually grab it. It's a compulsory hand reach. It's kind of like, I will kind of pretend kind of like, I'll do this, but... The Walter's just like, Fuck it, I'll take it. He's not really even looking at the dude. He knows he's gonna take it the whole time. Not that the dude not that he's not looking at the dude because he I think he's mad at him, more like he's just like an awkward situation. Like you have no money, and I know that. And I'm just gonna kinda do this.
1: The person who has more money or who has money, period, pays for it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't want to skip ahead too much, but the dude does go up to Gary in, you know, two scenes from now and gets two beers and does buy, theoretically, buy Walter a beer unless Walter put his credit card in and has a tab going. But at least he walked up to the bar and got two oat sodas. So Yeah. But he can't pay, like, even the urn is $180. Like, they had to have Donnie cremated, and apparently Donnie has no family. So how much is this total bill thousands of dollars right probably so and then walter's like it's $180 we don't need it like he's trying to get the best deal i guess right now what it there's a weird <sighs> when he hands it and walter looks at it walter says like hey we're uh I think he's going to say something like, listen, we're not family. Like, we're just doing this to be nice. Like, something along those lines, which I didn't notice until I started really
0: listening. When to does it. he do this exactly?
1: Because I don't okay. think I noticed this. Um, it's right. Like,
0: when he, by. when he, okay, I'm standing by.
1: So it's right at the end of this minute. It kind of extends into the next minutes. it's like, oh really, okay one forty five fifty nine to one forty six oh two. He's like they range up to three thousand dollars, and Walter's like, <clears throat> we're uh what's he gonna say there? like he's trying to right. qualify this transaction somehow, like we're not his family, you understand. We're doing this to be nice to our friend or something, you know right. Uh, I'm not sure what he's going for there, but it's like a moment of very transparent humanity, which I think is what you were kind of, maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what you were getting at, like this, this scene in particular is like when all the farcical shit of this movie, like kind of fades away and we're left with just the humanity, especially, well, Mm -hmm. only of the dude and Walter. And I think like that's, Manifested for Walter's character here when, like, he's struggling with, I don't want to be angry in a cheapskate, but it's like, God damn it, these people are hosing me. But you see him at a loss, mm-hmm. like in a confrontation with somebody, and he's kind of at a loss, which has never happened before in this movie, right. at least. And the dude's moment of humanity, like, Ultra unbridled humanity is when Donnelly comes up and he's like, "Jeff Lebowski." He's like, "Actually, the dude." And Donnelly's like, "Excuse me," and the dude is just like, N- "Nothing, nothing," because that shit's not important, right? Right? right. Yeah,
0: and I think you know, we see Walter. He does these fights like over his principles throughout the film. And so this is an extension of that. But at the same time, you're right. He's trying to. He's really trying that in. Like, this isn't the time and place. I know. But ultimately.
1: His emotions went out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? I'm jumping ahead. But the scene after this, like. I don't know. I don't know. So having a tough time. Yeah. We see Walter's soul laid bare, I think, even more so in the next scene. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. The next so, scene is the scene. Although the dude's emotions are not as laid out. They're laid out in this scene, I would argue, because he's very adamant that people refer to him as the dude. Or El Reno, whatever, Duder, his dudeness. But he doesn't even pursue that in this scene. And this is, like, the moment where he is empathetic? Is this his only empathetic moment?
0: I don't know about empathy, but he, it is kind of like he's recognizing something that's maybe more important than
1: well, he has empathy himself
0: or these kind of creature comforts that he has.
1: Wasn't, wouldn't it be empathetic towards Donnie? Like finally, even though now no, I'm not he's saying dead. it's
0: not empathetic toward him. I'm just saying I don't know this is the only. I don't know that the dude is necessarily not empathetic.
1: He was empathetic a little bit when the titular Lebowski got right. jacked out of his chair. Right. Yeah. No. There. You know. He was defending Smokey. Yeah, but that was. I don't know if that he's was fragile, empathy. man. That was just like. That was more like anger towards Walter rather than empathy towards Smokey, because he realizes Smokey's kind of a pathetic lump. I don't know. Maybe not. It's... Regardless, it's a moment of empathy, and I think it's the moment where the dude's soul is the most laid bare for us. Could be. (sighs) Um, do we have any... Or revisits.
0: I don't know. Maybe we should also start pre visiting things
1: for the next minute. <laughs> Maybe, man. Maybe. Did you notice the three outward facing informational trinkets, though? I-, I briefly mentioned it, but did you notice them? There's actually um, four outward-facing informational trinkets.
0: So there's... He has a name placard. that says Francis Donnelly. Yep, that's in front of Walter. There is, like, this thing I mentioned. It looks like maybe it's business cards.
1: Looks like business. It's right in the it middle has between the... It that
0: logo on it. Mm-hmm. And then some <laughs> writing underneath that we can't really
1: yep, yep, make yep. out.
0: Um, More informational things, though, than right. those two.
1: Well, informational might be selling it a little... A little too much, but in front of the dude, there's another thing that looks like a name placard, and it's right by the ashtray. We talked about how the ashtray kind of jumped in front of this, and back of it, in front of this, and back of it. But it's a wooden, it looks like a name placard, but instead it's blank on both sides, but it's there in front of the dude. Hmm. There is no information on it, so it's just a trinket, a quasi-informational trinket. Right. There's nothing on it. Like, if you rewind, you look at the front of it, nothing. It's facing towards the dude. Nothing on the front. Nothing on the back. And then in front of Walter, behind Francis Donnelly's name plaque that actually does have information on it, there's another, like, pen holder, like a marble base with a pen holder. And then there's, a like, a gold or bronze, like, square area where you would think that could have been his name placard. <laughs> Any of these things could have been his name placard, but instead he has four of them. That's all. Quasi-informational name placards. There's a lot of them. I'm wondering what this wooden thing next
0: to the dude is now that you brought it up.
1: It has no information on it. Well,
0: it's almost like... Yeah, at first I thought, well, is it like a model coffin? Oh. But it's not. It's not because it's just. It is perfectly rectangular. Granted, it has a weird kind of base that it sits on that is kind of coffin esque. But it's not a coffin. It's not, not shaped coffin. like a like I, I thought at first. Oh, maybe it's like it's like oh, look, we have here's your standard coffin. Like it's a little model coffin. I don't know. And you could point at it and-, and be like, yeah, we'll put your loved one in a box that'll look like this.
1: Here's where their face will be. Yeah, but no, it's not that. I don't think, I think maybe it was intended to have some other information on it and they just hadn't got around to it yet, but he likes the way it looks. It's handsome. It's a handsome little piece of wood. You know, it's highly polished and finished Mm -hmm. and stained. looks nice. Maybe it opens up like the lid, like the top comes
0: off and inside there's like toothpicks toothpicks, cigarettes, I don't know what.
1: Fortune cookies maybe? Maybe little dancing wooden children dolls?
0: More than you can imagine.
1: Oh Jesus. Fuck. Just Did imagine I, them everywhere. I and I could tell she was hesitant to even get into describing how many there were. She was she was very calm and Ugh. My favorite, let me dive into a giant, like, like those ball pits of Chuck E. Cheese, let me dive into one, but it's right. like, all just wooden little doll children.
0: Just imagine those doll children just like overrunning through all the land, the like, sea.
1: Like Death by Cockroaches, or, or uh, Grey Goo. Yeah. You, can, you know
0: That's in essence what I'm thinking, little wooden Grey Goo children.
1: Ugh. It's coming, Brad. There's liquid water on Mars, though, God damn it. Yeah. It's pretty salty. Well,
0: is it water or is it just little wooden children gray goo on
2: Mars?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have firsthand knowledge of it. I would have to find a way to get there. There's so much water on Earth. There's, well... All the oceans. Have you seen, like, there's a little diagram... That shows the Earth from space. Here's the sphere of it. And then here's a little sphere of, like, the water on Earth. Separate sphere. One sphere next to another sphere. Okay. And when you think about the Earth, it's like, oh, whatever, 70%, 90%, whatever it is, some ridiculous percentage of the surface of the Earth is covered in water. Mostly water. But really, when you get down to the heart of the matter, like a Don Henley song, that's such a thin little veneer of water. So when you take it all sure. off and put it into a sphere, it's actually, I mean, it's still big, all things considered, but like, it doesn't, it's not much compared to the Earth. I see what you're earth. saying.
0: Yeah, compared to the mass of the Earth. The mass of the Earth. So
1: it's like... The volume you know, of the Earth. Yeah, sure. Because you have all that underneath... Take care of the goddamn atmosphere, otherwise it all fucking evaporates away. And the solar wind takes it out into fucking space. Yeah. Please, Jesus, will you help us not destroy our wonderful home? Because, Brad, it's really simple for something as, like innocuous as a binder to become very problematic. Francis Donnelly, we have the urn, and he gestures off to his right and nods. Yes. And I thought the first couple of times I watched that, like, he was gesturing to his inbox, which is there on his desk. I'm like, now wait, is that a very flat urn? that has Donnie's ashes in it that's sitting on his desk but i don't think so i think the more i watch it like, he's gesturing like off screen and there's like a little table there that has like some elaborate quasi elaborate urn on it maybe i
0: mean beh- behind this book this bind this not the binder the bible mhm there is some sort of like thing standing up
1: yeah, that's his inbox. Well, and there's like a
0: little red... What makes you think
1: it's his inbox? We never get a good look at it. The red thing is a bookmark. Oh, it's like of, a bookmark from the Bible. From the Bible. And it oh, has-
0: you're right. It is... the. Okay, if you go back to where... Again, you have to revisit when the Bible's not on the thing... It's not obscure. Yeah, it is kind of like an inbox type situation.
1: Are you telling the listener that they'd have to revisit? Like, anybody (laughs) gives a shit, and they're, like, following along, all like, oh, oh, like, rewinding, fast-forwarding, getting down to the... (laughs)
2: Why?
1: Why, Brad? But no, these are bookmarks dangling off the Bible, and what I will say, though, is that... This fucking Bible, man. This is a kicked-up Bible, because it has three fucking bookmarks in it. Three, like, silky-ribbon bookmarks. There's the red one, mm-hmm. there's a silver one, and I'm pretty sure there's another one. Because, you know, you don't want And I, I know this. It's like, sometimes you got to bookmark a little passage. You don't want to deface the Bible by drawing in it or... Staying. No, certainly not. But you use... The little rib silky ribbon and you put it in there.
2: Mm-hmm. But what if you
1: find another passage but you don't want to forget the first one? This Bible has three little yeah. silky ribbons.
0: Well, I've seen them. I have noticed them. Like I've noticed like pastors, priests having Bibles with a lot of those silky ribbons, way more than three.
1: Depends on how kicked up you want to be.
0: Yeah. Like like, you know, they'll come they'll come out you know, to the altar or whatever. And there's like, like 14 of those things going on. Are they all different colors? I want to say, so again, memory is so fluid. I want to say they're not all different colors. There are multiple colors. Well, he knows maybe two or three colors, but there's not, um, it's not like there's, there's 10, 14 different colors, like a different color for each one.
1: I think the point is, like, the the pastor or the priest knows, like, you know, if he's booked Mark a passage from Leviticus and a passage from Mark, right. obviously those are going to be in very different sections of the Bible. So, like, that's not a problem. Even, like, down to, like, so if the, like, his Bible is, say, four inches thick, he could just look at where the ribbon is. And know that that's in, like, the first five books. Mm-hmm. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's in there, and it's probably Deuteronomy more than Genesis, so it's like, bam. So it's it's like he has that innate sort of, like, intuitive knowledge from years of experience of just being inundated with the fucking Bible. So they may not need to be different colors, I guess. For the layperson like you or I, it probably would be. And I think this Bible on Donnelly's desk is intended for the layperson because there's only three ribbons, and I think they're all different colors because I see a silver Mm -hmm. one and a red one. I'm not sure what the third one is. can't quite see it. I had a whole ribbon conspiracy here, too, like bookmark ribbon conspiracy, but I think it's fine. I do have another Bible conspiracy, though, because this holder which looks like an x right yes this bible holder looks like an x if you watch this well not this minute but if you if you look at the bible holder i'm here to tell you kind of like those books that you would read like who who had those books that were very deep or long whatever they were you know you'd open them up this bible is very tall This X Mm -hmm. Bible holder is not that tall, really. Like, they look about the same. It's a little wonky because the perspective for the Bible holder, the X Bible holder, is more like front on, like edge on to us. So there's a little parallax or whatever going on here where it may seem a little narrower than it actually is. But if you look at the Bible that Walter's holding, and I'm at 144:29 here, we're still mm-hmm. revisiting, and you look at the X Bible holder, the mm-hmm. Bible, like I don't see how you could argue that the X holder is like deep, wider, taller, deeper, whatever than the Bible. Like when you put it down in the X holder, the top of the Bible and the bottom of the Bible, they're both going to extend off of the edges of this X Certainly. holder. Certainly. Cert, right? Right. Or, you know? Well, I don't know. You argue about the weirdest shit <laughs> That's sometimes. true, I do. But, okay. So I just wanted to make sure that we were on board with that. Oh, yeah, we're on board with that one. So when Walter puts it in there, and we're kind of dollying in to Francis Donnelly, we're at 145.06 now. Eh, 145.08. Mm -hmm. The top of the Bible is extending off of the holder towards Donnelly, like two, three, four inches, maybe. Yeah. Like almost enough where it's like, that seems really far. I'm my like little bit of OCD is kind of like, come on, can't you just like tap that back a little bit? So it's even because
0: it seems like it's so much forward in that holder that it's going to just topple
1: out. It might topple out, right? It might tip over. But when you go to 14521, right when Walter's taking off his glasses to examine the bill, the fucking problematic binder, you can see that the edge of the Bible that's facing towards Walter is extending out of that holder. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty fucking sure that you can see the other end of it, They're careful here, but the other end of it is, like, right on the edge of the screen, and it's, like, I don't understand how it's not toppling out of there. Are you alleging that the
0: Bible switches its place in the holder between these shots? That's what I'm
1: alleging, yes.
0: Okay. So it's another continuity issue.
1: It is, but it might be on purpose, because well, this arrow is pointing at Walter somehow and it's pointing at his heart maybe he's the next one to have a heart attack
0: that's true the bible is kind of making an arrow directly toward his heart
1: even with the pages like all curved you know so is it on purpose because why would you fucking move it why would walter put it on such a like in such a precarious position where it seems like it could just topple out of there wouldn't he like center it that's what I would do and yet they reshoot this scene you know from give Donnelly his close up give the dude and Walter their two shot you do it the same way you know you do little things but it's like you try to perform tasks and act in this same way like do the same motion so that you can cut them together without this shit and yet here we are like this is pretty fucking egregious like it's deliberate somehow you know what i mean like what <laughs> like walter is like enveloped john goodman i should say is enveloped in the character of walter and he knows how he would put that book down and either he would put it towards himself or towards donnelly or he would center it because that's how you do it because there's fucking mm-hmm. rules about putting books down right. in wooden x-shaped bible holders And yet here we are. So did they come in there and say, no, we're going to shove it this way or that? Or was there some, like, production designer, assistant production designer coming in there and doing this? This little rogue agent? You know what I mean? This is another binder to me. This is nowhere near the binder. Oh. This is nowhere near as problematic as the binder. I find this more problematic than the binder because it's so close to, like, toppling over. And this is on Walt or John Goodman's conscience, not some bullshit throwaway mortuary director who's only in two minutes of the movie.
0: Well, do we see Walter place it down ever? We do. Yes, we do. And how does he place it's, it down? That's it's the a, question.
1: It's a little difficult to see. You can't see all of the X holder When he puts it in there. his body
0: You can't see any of it. Right. His body's completely obscuring it. And yet... But he puts it down. Then there's a new shot. So we don't know what we got there. If that was he that put it... Walter, or or, more rather, John Goodman may have never put that down there.
1: It could all be... Because it's all in different shots. I will say this. Yes, it could be. But you're not gonna... So the shot we have behind... From behind the dude and Walter, when we're dollying in towards Francis Donnelly, when Walter puts the Bible down in there, it's an elaborate shot that required specific lighting. It's got a dolly in it. The way you shoot these scenes is you do that shot first. You dolly in. Boom. You pause. Shoot it that way. Make sure you got everything you need. People need to know exactly what they were fucking doing. You turn around you relight, you shoot the dude and Walter's two-shot coming from behind Donnelly and in on them. You do that, and you try to make them match as much as you can so that people aren't drawn out of the story because they notice some bullshit continuity error, which we weren't, which we weren't until now. But I'm just saying, unless this is intentional, I don't think there's any way that this happens because the shot where we see Walter put the Bible in The wooden holder is the same shot we cut to the dude and Walter's close-up but it's the same shot when we cut back they just have them both there and you can like tease the time like you can add a little bit to the front or back but it's the same fucking shot or it's another take of the same shot in which case Walter put it down vastly differently which seems crazy for an actor of his caliber maybe That's all of that. That's a lot of words I just spewed out there. And you say, maybe?
0: That's all I got. I don't know. I'm counting on you. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if an actor of his caliber, I don't know if matching this continuity thing
1: is really, like, a big thing that actors do. It is a huge thing that actors do. There's things that you can improvise, but, like, holding a binder in your right hand and in your left hand... Beep, beep. You would not do that. Now, is it the actor's it, job to keep track of that, though? Yes, partially. And also, there is a fucking continuity person on set. And they're taking pictures and being in charge of that. So there's two levels. It's both of their responsibilities and the fucking directors, too. You know, like they have better shit to worry about. Like, especially, like, corner of a binder and center of a binder. Yeah, they wouldn't worry about this shit. But, yeah, there's a continuity person and the actor. It's like, you gotta get this down a certain way. There's little there's little freelancing they can do, you know? You can improv a little bit, but as we've discussed ad nauseum, Big Lebowski is not an improv movie in any way. Every uh and man was scripted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yet they're letting people like flip binders around and like teeter Bibles on the edge of X shaped wooden holders. I just, I don't I'm not buying it, man. I would not buy that for 97 cents at a Walmart fire sale.
0: But what if you were amid a sea of tiny wooden children? I, and there is only one option at that point. I think you would have to jump off into them the right off the poop <laughs> deck.
2: Next time on gutter. Balls. Is there a Ralph's around here?